This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability for CPAs show, where we're always discovering how to get better clients, a better practice, and a better life. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of the Wealth Ability Network. We just went through our very first busy season for the new tax law. And I had the privilege of speaking almost every week at a different conference to fundamentally your clients, okay? Your clients and mine. And I will tell you, the reviews are in on how we did during this first tax season. And it isn't pretty. I was frankly shocked at some of the things I heard and didn't hear from business owners out there in the real world. So let me start with an example, a story um, that I heard a couple of months ago. I was speaking in Dallas and I was talking to a group of retail, Amazon retailers, and I was explaining uh, this new law for retailers when it comes to inventory and how to account for inventory. And I'm not off the stage 30 seconds when not one, but two of them came up to me and they said, Tom, this is completely contrary to what the IRS says on its website. The IRS on its website says you can't do this. So I'm like in panic mode, right? Because I've researched this thing many times. And yet here I am, I've never seen that there was something on the IRS website saying you couldn't take the inventory deduction the way I had explained it. So I'm up in my room for the next four hours researching again until I find in the blue book, this is the blue book as you all know is the explanation of the law by the folks who wrote the law, the staff of the Joint Committee on Taxation. And in the blue book, sure enough, there is a footnote a footnote that walks you through how to take the deduction for inventory if you're a small retailer under 25 million how to how to actually take that deduction if your retail items are under $2500 and meet the de minimis rule so where you get to treat inventory as non-incidental materials and supplies you change your accounting method you're on the cash method you're treating it as non-incidental materials and supplies, and now you're subject to the $2,500 rule for deducting non-incidental materials and supplies when you buy them. The IRS had uh, made a rule a while back that said that really small retailers, under a million dollars of gross receipts, not the 25 million that we have under the new law, and not the t even the 10 million under the cash, uh, cash method of accounting under the old law, that they could treat as non-incidental materials and supplies, but they could not elect the de minimis exception, uh, the de minimis rule. Well, that was an IRS, you know, they, they were kind of helping out the small retailers saying, look, you don't have to treat inventory, but you, you got to treat it as materials and supplies and you can't deduct it. Then we got a law change. So basically the IRS website was old law. So these folks came up to me and said, well, you can't do that. So the question is, where are we getting our information? 
right? Where are we getting our training? I mean, we have this new law that is complex. Uh, let me give you another one. So I can't tell you how many times I ran into insurance agents, pharmacists, or others that were not in a specified service trader business under the regulations, but were told by their accountant that they were. Now, there's a specific example for insurance agents that says they are not subject to the specified service trader business because they're not consultants. It is a service Okay, it is a professional service in the consulting area, and the and the IRS says no, you, that's not a specified service trader business. Another one is pharmacists. There's a ten percent de minimis rule, where if, if your gross sales um, less than ten percent are a healthcare service, like flu shots, then you still qualify. A pharmacist, it, just because they're a pharmacist doesn't mean they're not a retailer. They just happen to have a designation, right? But their primary business is retail. So here's a couple of examples, and, and I got it a lot. I actually had, um, I was at a conference the other day. I asked, I had 50 people in the room. It was a really nice small group. And they were all business owners. And I asked them, how many of you have heard of the 20% pass-through deduction, the qualified business income deduction. Nobody raised their hand. Now, that doesn't mean that they didn't, that their accountant didn't take the deduction. It means their accountant didn't communicate the deduction to them. Okay, so there's a combination here. There's some training here that we need if we're not going to get left behind. Because I will tell you, I had, oh my heavens, I was at another conference. This was a conference of independent pharmacists. I had two pharmacists come up to me. And this was actually before I'd spoken. And, and these were pharmacists that I'd met before at this conference. It's a conference I speak at um, on an annual basis. And I'd done a webinar for these guys. And it was, again, it was on this inventory issue, which... I'm a little concerned because I'm the only one that's talking about this, and I think it's a huge opportunity. They'd, they'd heard this webinar, and, and at the end of the year, of course, their CPA is doing a tax projection for them, which is great. I think that's fantastic. The CPA did that. I think most CPAs do that. And the CPA told them that they owed $400,000 in tax. And these guys were crushed. These two partners, they go, that's horrible. And the CPA said, well, you made a lot of money. And the pharmacist says, yeah, but we don't have a lot of cash. That 400000 puts us out of business. We cannot survive that. So the, they're thinking about this. Of course, this is weighing on their minds. And they think back to the webinar that I did. And I go, wait a minute. Tom Wheelwright did this webinar. And I'm sure that he said that there was some big inventory deduction this year. So they went back to their CPA and they said, would you please take a look at this? And the CPA said, no, 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 no. We don't, we don't want to mess with inventory. It gives us flexibility from year to year. They said, look, you don't understand. We have to pay 400000 We are out of business. So the CPA looks at it and about a month later calls them. They're in the car driving. And the CPA says, 
um, I need you to pull over. And I said, just whatever it is, just say, no, 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 you need to pull over. They pull over and the CPA says, I did the research. And what I found was, is that not only is this a good idea, you have to do this. I ran the numbers. If you take this deduction the way the new law says you can, your tax liability goes from 400000 to 45000 Now, I want you to take a minute and think about this pharmacy. This is a pharmacy in a small town in the middle of America. If this pharma, this is the only pharmacy in town. This pharmacy goes out of business. All of the patients who are depending on this pharmacy for their medication can't get it in their town. What an enormous health impact on this community if this CPA had not done the research prompted by their client. Here's the challenge we have. We're busy. We're, our clients are pounding us for information all the time. We've got all these tax returns to do. Where in the world do we find time to get training? And then when we do get training, we go to a seminar, a one-day seminar, and we get basic stuff on how qualified business income deduction works. I mean, the question is, where are we getting our training? I am convinced that the CPA profession, our profession, is a profession that in many ways can be replaced by artificial intelligence. The one place it cannot be replaced is, or readily be replaced, is cognitive thought and creative planning. But the only way we're going to be able to do that is if we get the training. Now, I'm not saying that any of this training is bad. I, I've been to some of it. A lot of it's good. But I'll tell you, I went to the National Tax Conference at, in Washington, D.C. last year, AICPA National Tax Conference, the best conference I go to every, every year. There was an entire day on qualified business income deduction and one class on Section 1202. Now, I think Section 1202 is one of the biggest opportunities, which, by the way, is assisted tremendously by the qualified business income deduction because they use the same language. And in that class, while there were 400 people packed into the, in the QBI class, there were 40 of us in the 1202 class. And I, I'm just like, wow, we have got to do a better job of learning our business. We have to. And I'm, I'm, I'm one, I'm, hey, I am learning every single day. And we just got out the new regulations for the opportunity zones. I mean, there's regulation after regulation. I understand. I mean, it takes a lot of time to walk through this stuff. I'm just suggesting that we ought to be developing and looking for better training. We ought to be looking at not somebody else's opinion, including mine. You know, the, the, we, 
in this um, Dallas conference, there was a CPA that was telling people that if they did what I told them to do, they would have a 40% penalty by the IRS. Well, first of all, it's a 20% penalty. But second of all, there's no penalty at all because I'm just doing what the law says to do. What I would have hoped was is that CPA would have come up to me and said, help me understand, where, how are you seeing this this way? This is the challenge of our profession. If we think we know everything, we are going to be wrong a lot of the time, and we're never going to know we're wrong, and we're never going to admit we're wrong. I am the first person in the world to tell you I am wrong a lot of the time. And I am constantly asking the question, okay, what about this? Or I will say, I don't know the answer to that. And I'm not saying, I'm not better than anybody else. In fact, I'm, I'm way worse than most people. I just, I just want to know. I mean, I can't tell you that, I mean, the, the feeling in my uh, stomach when, so, you know, somebody's showing me something on the IRS website says, I'm wrong. I'm just going, oh my heavens, what? You know, I just told 200 people this. Am I wrong? But rather than fight it, I just researched it. And this is what I want to encourage everybody to do in our profession. I think our profession is fantastic. I think we care about our clients. I think we want to do what's right. We want to help them. We want to, we want to be the hero. And more times than not, we are. But when I hear somebody say, you can't do that here, rather than say, how can I do that here? Or when I hear somebody say, my accountant told me that I just have to pay a lot of tax because I make a lot of money. That stuff drives me crazy. I'm going, look, folks, the tax law is a series of incentives. That's what it is. It's intended that way. So, you know, my plea to our profession is, is that we spend a little more time getting better training, whether that's, and, and frankly, that's why I'm doing, I'm, I'm creating my own trainings uh, for CPAs just because of this, because I'm just going, I'm not seeing it out there. And I'm concerned because I do, you know, I'm going to take the time to read the law. That's just my nature. That's who I am. And I have a really good staff and they just pretty much run things. I don't, I don't have to spend out, you know, I'm not spending 60 hours a week doing tax returns. I'm not, I, I will, I will admit that. Okay. I have a staff, they spend 60 hours a week doing tax returns and, um, I stay involved, but I, you know, my job, I see a lot of my job as the training. So I would, I would just hope that we would look at this a little differently, that we might take the time as busy as we are, as busy as we are, because I know how busy we are. Take the time and read the regulations. Take the time and read the law. Take the time and ask the question, because what's going to happen is, is when people hear, and I, I'm just telling you, because I get it all the time, okay? I'm, I mean, I'm in front of, you know, two to 300 people on a weekly basis right now. And they talk to me and they go, my accountant never told me that. When that happens, what happens is, is that our clients lose confidence in us. And if they lose confidence in us, then they're going to be looking 
someplace else. And my goal in life, really my mission in life, is to help the our entire profession do whatever I can to help with better training, to help look at, uh, you know, in, in, our, in our CPA network, I was talking to our, uh, our, our network members the other day, and I asked them, I said, would it be helpful to get a little training on how to read the law? Actually, how to read the law, how to read the regulations. What's the hierarchy of authority? And they go, yeah, that would be awesome. You know, when I came back from national tax in 1988 to um, the Phoenix office of Ernst & Young, Ernst Winnie at the time, and I started talking about the Blue Book because the Blue Book was so important. I would get looks like, mm, what are you talking about? What's the Blue Book? I'm going, this is the explanation by the people who wrote the law. This is the Bible. I mean, in my mind, this is the Bible to understanding the law. So I have a preference for CPAs that are willing to take the time, willing to take the time to understand the law, to get the training, to do really a better job. Because here's what happens. When we do more for our clients, I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you that um, the, the pharmacy owners, do you think that after their CPA told them that I was right, that they didn't come straight to me and say, look, can one of your CPA firms handle us? Because while their CPA was willing to look it up, their CPA wasn't doing the work ahead of time and wasn't being proactive. So I would, I would just tell you, it's not my goal to take anybody's clients. It's not. It's my goal to help uh, our profession, because I know I learned this way, that we just learn better and we communicate better with our clients so that they get better tax results and they get the results that are intended by the law. Nothing aggressive. Uh, we don't talk about anything that is not squarely within the law. But another one, I, I talk to a lot of real estate investors. Most of them have no idea that there's such a thing as bonus depreciation on real estate. I actually have to fight with syndicators and their CPAs arguing how the law works when it comes to bonus depreciation for syndicators. And I don't mind doing that. What I would hope is that we would be open to the possibility that there's something we don't know. I will tell you, the very most important lesson I ever learned at the University of Texas in my graduate uh, uh, master's of tax program was from my professor, um, Dr. Sally Jones. She said to the whole class, she goes, class, the great thing about tax law is the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. So let's get the training. Let's communicate what we've learned to the clients on a proactive basis. And when we do, we're gonna have better clients. We're gonna have a way better practice and let me tell you, it's a better life. Thanks. See you next time. CPAs. If you're like me, you hate typical CPE events. They're boring, technical, and don't actually do anything to help you grow your business. If you're ready for an event that can actually help you and one that's fun, if you're ready for that, 
You really must come to the CPA Leadership Summit, May 30th to June 1st in Tempe, Arizona, my hometown. To learn more, go to wealthability.com slash event. That's wealthability.com slash E-V-E-N-T. See you there. You've been listening to the WealthAbility for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to WealthAbility.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.